Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome in on a Wednesday. It's the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. You want to go ahead off the top. Something happened with my mixer and audio settings, and, and I don't know what it is. I can't figure it out. Spent like a half hour this morning try to, trying to figure it out. I have no idea why it sounds like this now. I mean, nothing really changed at all. It just happened to do this. I don't know. I will spend a lot of time trying to figure it out. But in the meantime, uh, unfortunately, we're just going to have to deal with it sounding a, a little bit uh, a little bit off. Uh, as opposed to the way I really liked how I had it set before. It was a softer sound, this not so much. I don't know why, but here we are. So anyway, thank you for making the show a part of your day. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and a review. Say whatever you want as long as it's five stars. And uh, a lot of stuff to get to today. Number one, I think it's uh, important to know uh, about that hurricane coming and what it possibly means for Ole Miss's game coming up on Saturday. And also expectations for this game in particular. We'll talk about both of those things today, but first I do want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you every day by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue. Stop by, get one of their daily lunch specials, tell Greg we sent you, and make sure you get something for putting on the grill this weekend. That's LBs just across from Kroger, University Avenue, the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. And I do actually want to start with this. We've had a couple of uh, positive outbreaks uh, in the NFL. So you had uh, Stephon Gilmore test positive. He's the only Patriot aside from... uh, No, he's the only Patriot to test positive on yesterday's rounds of COVID testing the Chiefs. They did play New England. Uh, All came back negative, but there's a... a, uh, a period where it wouldn't show up anyway. So the NFL is looking very closely at this situation right now. The Titans had a couple of more positives themselves. A couple of games are in jeopardy and things like that. And for some reason, I mean, even guys like Mike Florio, but for some reason I've seen so much of this shut-it-down rhetoric or the season needs to... Uh, get on pause so they can reset and and all this stuff that I've seen it everywhere so far this morning because a a Patriot tested positive today and a couple more Titans who are already shut down tested positive you've got these people calling for the league to shut it down or put on a pause or anything like that and I mean my response would be I mean did you expect them to go through an entire season did you did you honestly expect them to go through all of this and not have any positives? I mean, this is exactly what everybody should have expected. So no, they shouldn't shut the season down. No, they shouldn't do anything. Maybe they alter their protocol some. I know they're investigating the Titans for um, potentially holding some non-sanctioned practices during their facility close period. Maybe that something comes from that, or maybe it doesn't. I don't know. But this should have been expected. This is why they spent months preparing protocols and schedule flexibility and stuff like that. But if you're one of those people calling it to shut down today, what did you expect was going to happen? Did you think that the NFL and college football alike were were going to just 
go through their full season without this happening? This should have been expected. Honestly, it's kind of a miracle it took this long for it to happen. There's nothing that's surprising about this. The league shouldn't be, and I don't think they are panicking. There's schedule flexibility. In some cases, they may have to just forfeit games, but this is what was expected, what everybody should have expected going into the season, and it is wild to me. The difference between the reaction in the NFL with positives and college football. College football has had teams play games with dozens of players out because of COVID, and nobody bats an eye. But Stephon Gilmore tests positive, and it's, ah, shut it down, shut it down. I, I don't understand. I, I really, I really don't understand where, um, where that kind of reaction is coming from. Because I don't know what you people expected. I mean, they're not in a bubble like the NBA. Um, It's completely different. And I'm not saying that it's good news that you had a bunch of NFL players test positive. It stinks. It sucks. But this is what everybody should have expected. Um, And just weird reaction that I've seen today when it comes to this news in particular, the way people are responding to it. I mean, Missouri... Apparently, we don't know for sure, but it, I mean, it, it sounds like, using context clues, that they had a bunch of players out. And they played against Alabama. National audience. Big network. Nobody batted an eye. One Patriot test positive, and it's shut it down. And there are pictures being shared of that player near Patrick Mahomes. It's just, it's... I don't quite understand... Uh, where this reaction is coming from. I really don't. This should have been what everybody expected. And uh, anyway, all right. A couple of Ole Miss-related things. Number one, this hurricane. Hurricane Delta right now, I guess it's over over the Yucatan Peninsula right now. And the thing's a bear. I mean, it, it is a big, nasty hurricane right now. And it's headed directly towards Louisiana, and it will uh, make a right turn into Mississippi this weekend. And it's um, it's already affected the LSU-Missouri game. Uh, they have moved that to Columbia as of about 9 o'clock this morning. That game has been moved to Columbia uh, officially because of Hurricane Delta. You've also got um, the possibility that uh, the Saints and the Chargers play a home game for the Saints in Indianapolis. In fact, uh, the league has informed the Colts already, according to Zach Kiefer. Um, I think he covers the Colts for the Athletic. Let me double check. Try a trip. Yep, he covers the Colts for the Athletic. And uh, that's probably where they're going to play the game. Nothing definitive at the moment, but that certainly seems like that's where that game is going to be played. And so the question is, does this impact Ole Miss and Alabama? Because if it continues on this path, it will be in Oxford, although not a Category 4 hurricane by the time it gets to Oxford uh, on Saturday. It will be there, and there's a lot that comes to it and a lot they have to consider. I know for sure that the SEC and Ole Miss, uh, they have been in conversations. Keith Carter... Uh, released a statement yesterday. Uh, I'll read it to you, even though it didn't say a whole heck of a lot, because it shouldn't. Um, But he released a statement uh, about this hurricane in particular, and let me make sure I can find it. 
All right, I found it. Here it is. It says, we continue to monitor the weather forecast for the weekend and its impact on Saturday's football game. There are currently no adjustments to the schedule, which calls for a 5 p.m. kickoff. We remain in communication with SEC in Alabama and we'll update fans if plans change. So not a whole lot there, but uh, it does tell you that they have been in conversation about potentially having to alter this game because of that hurricane coming. And uh, we talked about this a little bit on the radio show yesterday, and somebody texted in and said, well, it's going to be basically just rain at that point, so why would they not play the game? And and the answer is a pretty obvious one, and, and it has nothing really to do with uh, the weather for the game itself. Although, even if it's a just a tropical storm, by the time it hit, hits Oxford, I mean, those aren't pretty. I mean, they come with tornadoes and heavy winds and stuff like that, but it's mostly everything that kind of goes into putting on a, a college football game. That's really what it comes down to. It's not so much um, whether or not uh, Ole Miss and Alabama are going to have to deal with bad weather. It's more about everything else that goes into it from emergency uh, people's availability for the game. You've got broadcasters, and uh, Alabama has to travel. You know, I mean, there are all these things that are involved here. Makes it a little bit more dicey. So even if the weather's not that bad that day, um, it, it's a situation where it, it takes more than just two teams to put on a football game. And those resources might have to be allocated elsewhere, depending on what this storm is like. I believe, and I will double-check for you, that they have a mutual... Uh, open date coming up on the schedule and there's a chance that uh, they could just move this game then I think it works out pretty conveniently uh, for this game in particular Ole Miss and, and Alabama let me make sure I have this right yeah they uh, they do they have a mutual off date and that is November 7th so you could just simply if you wanted to move this game to November 7th and give both teams a very early buy Uh, which would not be all that fun, but they have a mutual open day. So I imagine that's something that they have looked at that they will consider. Um, In fact, I expect it. Uh, I think that they've probably already talked about this, and that is on the table currently. Now, it is Wednesday. Things could change. The storm could weaken. It could go somewhere else. I mean, I I don't know, but that is possible. And... Um, we, we did, we, we were posed the question yesterday, if you're Ole Miss, are you kind of secretly rooting for that game to be moved? Not because you're afraid to play Alabama, uh, but, but my thinking on this is if somehow that game does get moved, um, I think it helps. It, this is kind of a loser's mentality. So forgive me if you don't like this. I understand why you wouldn't, but right now Ole Miss has a ton of emotional momentum. They played well against Florida. The fan base was generally pretty pleased with how it went, even though they lose the football game, but it was still a nice audition for Lane Kiffin. They go and beat Kentucky in overtime, and there's nothing like a game against Alabama that can knock you down a couple of pegs. If that game gets moved because of this hurricane, you get an off week, and then you get to go to Arkansas, who's going to play a physical football game with Auburn this weekend. That would continue what is incredible momentum for your program right now. Now, that means you still have to play Alabama later in the year. You can't avoid them. But I don't know, man. I, I think it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if somehow, some way, uh, Ole Miss and Alabama was moved to later in the year. I, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world for Ole Miss because they'll get an off week. They get to play Arkansas, and they get to play Auburn and Vanderbilt. 
a chance to rattle off three wins in a row because Auburn offensively is atrocious, especially up front. Gives you a chance to win three games in a row before you play Alabama instead of coming off of this emotional win with Kentucky, dealing with weather, because no matter what happens, even if they play the game, you're going to have to deal with weather. And then, I mean, let's be honest, you got to play Alabama, and and we all know uh, how that's likely going to go. Just something to think about, you know, if... If that hurricane comes through and they decide, you know, we we just, emergency personnel can't be here. It's not safe for Alabama to travel through this. We're going to play that game during our mutual off date. I wouldn't be too upset about that. I I really wouldn't. But uh, that is something to keep an eye on. I know that's a loser's mentality. I know Lane Kiffin doesn't think that way. Um, You got to play him eventually, so you might as well get it out of the way, I'm sure, but I'm telling you, I think if that game gets moved, you guys kind of, you know, give yourself a little smile and um, get ready for Arkansas. A much more winnable game uh, than that you've got coming up this weekend. But it's definitely on the table, uh, something that they're looking at closely and monitoring very closely because that thing is, uh, apparently it might get a little bit weaker Um as it gets closer to the Gulf, so it's a Category 4 right now, and it's possible at the moment that um, it, it gets weaker before it makes landfall. So that would be that would be good, especially with where it's going to make landfall in uh, central to western Louisiana. And as you guys know, that area got decimated not long ago. Uh, so hopefully that thing continues to weaken. But if it doesn't, it's a bear, and it very well could impact uh, Ole Miss and Alabama. Already moved one SEC game. Uh, The Southern Miss game, they're supposed to have a home game this weekend. Um, That is possibly getting moved. The Saints game on Sunday is possibly getting moved. And, I mean, the Hurricane will be out of New Orleans uh, by Monday night. I said Sunday, by Monday night. But, like I said, it's the allocation of resources that it requires to put a game on, even though it's one that is... um, Fanless, all the travel and all that stuff that goes into it, they've they've got to look at moving it because there's just more to it than just two teams. So uh, keep an eye on it, and uh, forgive me if you don't like my uh, loser's mentality take right there, but I think uh, getting to play Arkansas next after that Kentucky win would really just continue this emotional momentum uh, that you've got right now and an opportunity to rattle off multiple wins in a row instead of letting Alabama knock you down uh, a couple of pegs. Speaking of that, I spent uh, a lot of time last night thinking about this and wondering what your expectations are for this game this year in particular. Because you know, as everyone has already seen, I'm sure, if you've been on a sports website, um, Blaine Kiffin and Nick Saban going head-to-head is a topic of conversation everywhere. Although, I did make this observation last night. College football is criminally undercovered from a national sports media perspective. Criminally undercovered. I mean, the the Alabama A&M game on CBS last Saturday beat the NBA Finals, not Game 4, which was last night, but Game 3. And if you everywhere you go, national radio shows, ESPN, it's just NBA, 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 NBA. And yet, 
college football, at least one game, beat the NBA Finals. Now, I know it's a unique year and stuff like that, but college football has a real national following, and it just gets criminally undercovered nationally. It really does. Um, But that's a conversation for another day. The point is, Lane Kiffin playing against Nick Saban, it's a story. Everybody's writing about it in college football. Everybody's talking about it. It is something that Lane Kiffin has tried to downplay, and he hasn't been successful. (laughs) And he's not going to be. I think he knows that. But he actually had something funny in his press conference recently. He was asked about if it's an advantage having coached with Nick Saban coaching against him. He said, well, um, it's probably an advantage for Nick instead of us because his former assistants are 0-20 against him. So if... uh, I'm not a gambler, but those sound like pretty bad odds or something like that. It was a really good quote. I mean, no, it doesn't give any of the assistants an advantage, obviously, because they can't beat him. And these are national championship winning coaches in some cases that can't beat him. And nobody can. And there's a reason for that. Part of it is because Nick Saban has built a football machine and he's coaching against programs that are not. And so, anyway... He's tried to downplay the story. It's going to be a story. It's it's covered everywhere only because of the coaches. Because I think you and me and everybody else would be fooling ourselves if we thought the game was going to be competitive. Now, let me make sure I, I say this very clearly. I think Ole Miss offensively, what they have shown in two weeks, tells you that they will be able to score on basically everybody. I said that going into the season, I didn't expect the offense to be this good. I didn't expect Matt Corral to be this good. I think they will be able to move the ball, throwing the football down the field against Alabama. I think they will be able to score some points. But I do not believe that they are equipped to stop Alabama in any way, shape, or form. I do not think the game will be competitive. I mean, you know, you could have a situation like Alabama had with AM last week where AM scores a couple of times early and it's kind of close, but the better team with better players ends up uh, running away with it. I, I suspect the same thing is going to happen here. Ole Miss is not in a position, in my opinion, to compete with Alabama right now. So even though it's been made a story everywhere, it's going to be. Uh, there was a, a great uh, summation from Adam Rittenberg on ESPN yesterday that I read, and it was really good. And This is going to be something that's talked about every time Ole Miss and Alabama play. It's Kiffin versus Saban. Kiffin calls it rehab, the the years he spent in Tuscaloosa. And the way he left there was kind of weird. If you remember, um, according to Rittenberg, he he started showing up late to meetings. He was going to be the coach at Florida Atlantic and um, started focusing on that and not just on Alabama. And Saban moved on from him and added Sarkeesian, and they lost... Uh, I believe they lost in the national championship game. But it's a it's a weird dynamic story that people are going to write about. But my question to you is what do you expect? This year. Not next year, the year after, however long Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin are in their two respective places. But what do you expect from this team this year? Because the game is not going to match the hype. People are going to want to watch this one. And after it's over, you're going to have the headlines that are written. The Saban 
puts his foot down, remains king or whatever. You know, people are going to make him beating Lane Kiffin out to be more than it actually will. Hey, that's going to happen. I mean, that's how it works, right? It, you'll you'll get them. You'll get the stories. Lane Kiffin continues his domination over former assistants, and he shows. It's the same thing like with LeBron James and how he's played in the playoffs. LeBron James shows he's still king in the NBA. Well, you'll get that here. Lane Kiffin or Nick Saban shows Lane Kiffin he's still king of college football or whatever. Um, without applying any context to it at all. As if you can just snap your fingers and have a college football team that is prepared to compete with the best in the country. But you, the fan, what do you want to see and what do you expect? I spent a lot of time thinking about this because I did a, a radio hit last week in Louisville and um, I mentioned that largely because they asked about expectations uh, for Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss and I, I said it first, I think it's about being competent on the field with the best teams in your conference. Because, I mean, you guys have seen it. I don't mean to rehash this with you and make you live this again. But you've seen your team be not even close to the best teams in the SEC especially the last couple of years against Alabama, even last year where the offense looked okay, Ole Miss didn't belong on the field against Alabama. Everybody points to the LSU game last year as, uh, oh, there's the Ole Miss player of the future right there when they lost by four touchdowns. Ole Miss for years now has largely been non-competitive against the best teams on their schedule. And I think, That should be your expectation. I'm not telling you how to feel. At least I don't want to tell you how to feel. But when you're looking at this game on Saturday, I think another step in the right direction for Ole Miss would be to look like they just belong on the field. They're not equipped to compete with Alabama right now. It's a 24-point line that seems about right. And if Ole Miss loses by 24, I don't think anything negative can be thought about that outcome. You knew going in, or you should have known going into this season, that Ole Miss had roster deficiencies, and that has definitely reared its ugly head on the defensive side of the ball. It is a building project that Lane Kiffin has. So, if it were me, if I'm in your shoes, my expectations are basically just to look competent this weekend. That's all I would ask for. And I think most of you, all of you, kind of have that perspective. I've noticed that. After the Florida game, I even did a podcast here, if you listen to it, about how optimism was okay after the loss to Florida. Because right now, they're not equipped to compete with a team like Florida, and yet they kind of did. A couple of breaks, uh, remove a horrendous roughing the passer call, and Ole Miss is right there in that game. They need to look like that again, I think, to take another step forward if the game does get played going into Arkansas is look like they belong on the field because that has been something that you haven't really had for a while. And, I mean, I wouldn't really look at the score or anything like that. And even after the Florida game, because that this is what people do, I had people on the Sunday show and on Twitter and stuff tell me that it's unacceptable that Ole Miss defensively looks like that. And that's on coaching. And... It, uh, it's hard to admit 
that the players that represent your school are not good enough. And so I understand that. But if you're one of those people, and there's not many of you, but if you're one of those people and that's your mentality going into this weekend, I think you should alter it. All right, I had to pause it right there for a second. I'm on uh, dad duty this morning. And James woke up from his nap a little early. So if you hear some noises, it's because I'm, I'm having to sit and hold him on my lap as uh, I finish up this morning. Hopefully he behaves. He's usually a pretty well-behaved little guy, but he's starting to be a lot more mobile. And uh, so he wants to just be busy and go do stuff. So if you hear a little background noise, it's because I've got uh, a co-host here on my lap. Say hey, buddy. Say hey. Ah, he didn't want to talk today. Anyway, um... So what should you expect to see? Um, for example, Bill Connolly's S&P Plus says that Ole Miss should cover the spread. So his picks are uh, using the S&P Plus, which is a pretty good formula, by the way, if you want to pick games, uh, using Bill C is a pretty good start. Um, says the final score will be Alabama 42, Ole Miss 20. And if that's the final score of this game, you take that running, I think. Um I really do. So what should you expect to see? Uh, A couple of things that I wrote down that I thought, you know, if Ole Miss just does this, even though there's no moral victories in college football and stuff, and there's not, but, you know, this game in this time requires some context, of course. Um, A few things that I think you, the fan, should look for uh, from Ole Miss in this game. And number one, I think it's to continue... For Matt Corral to continue playing comfortably. Alabama's a different animal than Kentucky and even Florida. Does he still look comfortable in the pocket? Does he still read the field and distribute accurate footballs without rushing and his mechanics breaking down? That's a really important factor in this game is can he, even though he's playing Alabama, um, continue to play comfortably and relaxed? Because that's been a huge factor and his performances in the first two weeks. Number two, again, somebody other than Elijah Moore. You got it last week with um, Jonathan Mingo. Will somebody else step up? Are we going to see Dontario Drummond have a big game? Or are we going to see um, Braylon Sanders get in on the action? Somebody else other than Elijah Moore to, to continue to step up and produce in this game and then run the football. You're, you're not... Look, Alabama's the best team remaining on their schedule. So um, this is probably a tough week to ask for them to successfully run the football, but especially the interior of the offensive line has got to get better. Can they have some success running the football against Alabama? If they can do that, I think that's a really good sign for the team moving forward. And on the other side of the ball, it's quite simply get some stops early, but more importantly than that, because like I've told you for two weeks now, it's a Jimmy's and Joe's problem. Um, not so much the scheme, but there were multiple times in the game against Kentucky where um, somebody lost contain um, or or they were a step late with their reads, things like that. I mean, not having outside contain against Terry Wilson's a real problem. So can, when you watch them, can you only say that it was players? Will they uh, play assignment and responsibility football this week? Because at times they didn't do that last week. The angles were bad. Run fits were bad, couldn't contain the edge, um, blown assignments. If they clean that up, they're better than they've looked the first couple of weeks. Alabama's not the best recipe for that, but uh, that would be my key. So Corral continue, continuing to play comfortable, 
somebody else again besides Elijah Moore stepping up and being a, a reliable receiver. I mean, even even if it's Mingo again, just consistently having a second receiver option besides Elijah Moore and then, you know, Uboa at tight end. Having some success on the ground, finding a way to to run the football because even though Corral, I think, is um, has been, I mean, maybe the best quarterback in the country so far. I mean, he's the most efficient. James is touching the microphone. <laughs> um, the most efficient quarterback in the country. Um, there's going to be some games where he's not perfect because he's a quarterback. He's a young quarterback, and he's a human. There's going to be some games where he's not perfect. Can you? find success running the football, and then on the other side, even though you're going to be overmatched, uh, can you just play assignment football, Now, which is a huge key for them moving forward. So as a fan, I mean, if they're around the spread and if they look competent like they belong on the field with Alabama, that's, um, that's about as good as you can ask for, uh, all things considered. What do you think about it, buddy? Huh? What do you think? What's your score prediction, huh? Is it a ba? That's the only thing he can say is a ba. Do it. Say a ba. Oh, he's getting shy. He's getting Mike shy. I gotta. I guess I gotta teach him better. But uh, anyway, sorry about that. I know that's kind of annoying for some people, but uh, it's just me and him right now at the house. So <laughs> I've got to make work uh, with what I can. So I know it sucks um, to to hear you know somebody on a podcast, talk about how your team has no shot at winning a game. I mean, that's not fun to hear. I, I know that. But I think um, you guys certainly by now understand where I'm coming from, especially in terms of the current state of Ole Miss football. Because I, I think Keith Carter, it's already proven. I know they're only two games in. Um, made the exact right decision. I think Lane Kiffin um, is doing right by you. Uh <laughs> And and James agrees. Um, the way he's running the program right now is um, better than expected. It's it's purposeful. Um, it's it's somebody that thinks that he actually can win at Ole Miss for however long he's there. Um, I think he's the right guy. I, I think you have your football coach that is going to win games for however long he's at Ole Miss, and so. It'd be different if I was having this conversation last year. In fact, I doubt a lot of you would be listening to it because you just wouldn't be invested in football. I think Ole Miss is headed towards a blowout this weekend, but I think the program is headed in a direction, um, in a place that you guys haven't been in a while. Uh, so I know it's not fun to hear that somebody thinks your team's going to get blown out, but also I am somebody that thinks that your program is absolutely in very good hands and is headed in a direction um and the stability that they haven't had in a very long time. So I know it sucks hearing about this, but I, I think uh, this weekend has a chance to prove you prove to you yet again that um, it's a different. It's not your grandfather's old Miss team, depending on how old he is. I guess some of your grandfathers had really good old Miss teams, but you, you, you get my point. It's um, two weeks in, and it's already very clear that. This is different. It's very, very different uh, than what you've seen before. Even during Hugh Freeze's successes, this is different. And it will work if he, has, if he stays around long enough to see it through. It will work. Um, it's a really nice formula. 
but not this weekend. <laughs> I uh, not nah, not this weekend. Anyway, I'm gonna go put this little guy somewhere. So he can uh, stop being bored and uh, get prepared for the radio show this afternoon. Thank you so much for being uh, a dedicated listener. The podcast continues to grow. It's pretty amazing. It continues to grow. Um, And I thank you for it. It means the world to me knowing that you guys are listening and still listening, coming back as often as you do. And... um, Thank you if you're a new listener. Thank you if you're an old listener. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I will be back on Friday with picks, with some Kiffin audio, with some um, uh, somebody that covers Alabama. All kinds of stuff coming up on Friday's show. Uh, but for now, I'm going to let you go. Keep your eye on that hurricane. See what happens uh, with that this weekend. Stop by LB's. Go see Greg. Tell him we sent you. Have a great rest of your week. And James and I, it'll be just me, I hope, but uh, we'll talk to you again on Friday. Say bye. Say bye. Say bye. He still doesn't want to. All right, guys, have a good one. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.